in conventional medicine, all the focus is on sickness. All the focus is on disease. In breast cancer, all the focus is on the tumor. In any cancer, all the focus is on the tumor. But the tumor is not the problem. The tumor is the symptom of the problem. This is Dr. Kevin Connors. Welcome to another episode of Connors Clinic Live. I have a special guest I've interviewed before, Dr. Jed Simmons, who practices out on the East Coast. Well, East Coast to us, I guess Pennsylvania is a coast. But um, you practice in a way that's uh, different than most medical professionals because you originally practiced for years and years as a breast surgeon um, for breast cancer. And then you took a complete right turn and changed your whole practice into functional medicine for breast cancer patients. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Like, what do you do? And um, and how could um, my listeners benefit from your type of practice? But first, before we get into that, let's just have you kind of give a, a brief summary of your introduction again. Absolutely. And first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I always love our conversations. I love that you said that I made a right turn because I literally made a right turn. So. Um, I come by being in the breast cancer space very naturally, very organically. Uh, I come from a breast cancer family. My first cousin growing up was a woman named Linda Creed. And Linda was a singer-songwriter in the 1970s and 1980s. She wrote all the music for the spinners and the stylistics. She wrote 54 hits in all. And her most famous song was The Greatest Love of All. So she wrote that song in 1977 as the title track to the movie, The Greatest, starring Muhammad Ali. But it really received its acclaim in March of 1986 when Whitney Houston would release that song to the world. And at that time, it would spend 14 weeks at the top of the charts. Only Linda would never know because she died of metastatic breast cancer just one month after Whitney released the song. I was 16 years old when my hero died and her life and ultimately her death gave birth to my life's purpose. So I do the only thing I know how to do. I become a doctor. I become a surgeon. I become a breast surgeon. I become the first fellowship trained breast surgeon in Philadelphia. And I spend a really long time doing that. And thinking that I'm really serving a purpose and serving my purpose. And I'm about 15 years into my career and I'm running a very busy practice. I'm doing really novel things. I'm doing something called oncoplastic surgery, where I think I'm finding a silver lining for people and giving them the opportunity to correct what they don't like about their breasts at the time of surgery. I'm also running the cancer program for my hospital. And I'm a wife and a mother and a stepmother and an athlete and a philanthropist. And I have all these balls in the air. And I think that I can do it all and have it all until I couldn't. And I went from being probably one of the most high-functioning people you've ever known to I couldn't walk across the room. 
I, I didn't have enough breath in my body to walk across the room. And I spent three days having a very intensive workup. And at the end of those three days, I'm sitting in the office of my friend and colleague and physician. And he tells me that I need surgery and chemo radiation, and I'm going to be on lifelong medication. And despite the fact that I say these things all day, every day to people without hesitation or reservation, when the words are coming at me, I'm in Charlie Brown's classroom. I mean, all I hear is want, 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 want. And my doctor told me, as I had told hundreds of women before that, maybe even thousands, if I don't accept this treatment, I'm going to die. And I know that it is the standard of care. I mean, I am a physician who is running a cancer program. I know how this is treated. And yet something in me, call it God, call it universe, call it whatever you want to call it, told me that there was another way. So I go home, I leave, and I do what I tell everyone never to do. I go to Dr. Google. Now, this is 2016, and at that time, I think information was more available and more honest. I think that now, if you try to search for the truth, it's a very hard task in that Google is highly curated and and really all the search engines, all the readily available search engines, you can't really find the answers that you're looking for. You find the answers that they want you to have. But at the time, I was able to at least get a message that I needed to learn more about the meaning of food in your health. So as a conventional medical doctor, I had 15 hours worth of training around nutrition in my first year of medical school and then never again. And I had four years of medical school, five years of residency, a year of fellowship. So I had a lot of training beyond my first year of medical school. And nowhere in that training did we ever discuss nutrition or nourishment. So I very reluctantly enroll in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN. It's a certificate program, and I must have called them no less than 20 times to ensure that I was actually going to learn something because after all, here I am, a physician, and you know what could I possibly learn? So could I so pause they, you? Could I pause yeah. you? One second. So here you're you have all this training in medicine. You are yes. an accomplished uh, surgeon leading a cancer uh, center in a hospital. Yes. Uh, and then you end up with a serious diagnosis. Yes. And that is the impetus that sparks like, maybe there's another way. Um, Absolutely. And you start investigating this possible other way and you start to realize what little you actually know about nutrition and diet and and other avenues of healing um but you are willing to be open-minded and maybe it's the spark of the seriousness of your own condition um 
that that opens that up it takes all you know somebody once said that you know no you won't learn anything new unless there's some sort of crisis or some sort of aha moment in your life yeah um, i mean we we really don't learn through our successes no we learn through no, our failures exactly and i the thing that i knew was that whatever i was doing wasn't working right like i thought i was healthy because i wasn't overweight and i knew that that my body was failing so i knew that i had to change something i didn't know what the something was right so this was really my journey to figure out what that something was and i want to be clear when i took this journey this wasn't about helping my patients heal from breast cancer like i they weren't even part of the equation because i had no you don't know what you don't know right so i still as i'm doing this think i'm doing the right thing for my breast cancer patients it's just not me and so one of the very first lectures is a man named mark hyman walks on the stage he introduces himself as a functional medicine physician now remember this is 2016 so i had never heard of him and all i can think of in my snooty booty head is i'm a physician for 20 years there's no such thing as functional medicine what is this quack talking about and then i remember that i'm sick and i'm there for a reason and so i check my ego at the door and i tune in and thank god i did because within 3 minutes of this man speaking my whole world makes sense and i know exactly why i got sick i got sick so that i could be in that room on that day listening to him speak because what he's telling me makes my whole world make sense and i know that not only am i on the wrong path for my own illness by focusing on the illness but i'm also on the wrong path for my patients because in conventional medicine all the focus is on sickness all the focus is on disease in breast cancer all the focus is on the tumor in any cancer all the focus is on the tumor but the tumor is not the problem the tumor is the symptom of the problem and until you embrace that until you understand that you cannot heal and none of the traditional i shouldn't say traditional let's say conventional none of the conventional modalities that we offer to people that we subject people to none of them have anything to do with healing in fact most of them make people a lot sicker and what what made me not accept that for myself was exactly why i went on this journey because when you hear about what happens to you when you get chemotherapy you think like i'm already sick and you want to make me sicker like it just doesn't make sense and i didn't think about it until i was feeling that pain and so i spent the next 3 years immersed in the study of functional medicine and everything i learn pulls me more and more in that direction all the while i'm continuing to operate on people i'm continuing to act as a surgeon while i'm on my own healing journey but i'm not that typical surgeon 
So I'm trying to talk to them about their diet and are they exercising and how's their sleep and and you know what 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 is your message? What is what is your breast cancer diagnosis trying to tell you? And the vast majority of people looked at me like I had 10 heads, right? Because they're not accustomed to thinking this way and they don't really most people, unfortunately, most people, they just want the pill or the knife or the, or the drug or the procedure. You know, they don't, they don't want to take control. They don't want to engage. They don't want to own it. And that's well, fine. They but met a doctor as well, right? So, the, I mean, of course. So, just like you course. met a doctor through school, they, I mean, the, the, pharmaceutical industry is doing we have to give them credit a wonderful job of propaganda amazing yes yes so i realized at the end of that journey you know i healed myself thank you know by the grace of god i healed myself i learned what my body likes and what my body doesn't like um i walk a very tight line because i want to be well because I don't want to be sick and there's no cake or drink or night out or, you know, there, there, there's not, none of those things are as important to me as my health. And once I rung that bell, especially once I did that for me, I knew I couldn't offer less to my patients. And so I left surgery mostly because the hospital was paying me to operate, right? They weren't paying me to counsel people. They weren't paying me to talk to them for hours about how they, they can recapture their health. They were paying me to be in the operating room. And that wasn't where I was making the biggest impact, right? Because unless you get to the root cause, unless you help people to correct their course, all I was doing in the operating room was delaying the next manifestation, right? I was either delaying recurrence or I was delaying the next disease that is going to happen unless you deal with why the disease happened in the first place. Well, modern medicine does not look at cause whatsoever. No. Sure. No, this no. is a ginormous flip-flop for you. Um, it is you ended up having to leave the hospital, start your own practice, and then decide a how, decide what that practice is going to be focused on. I mean, most you know doctors that go into they have years of decision and and thought process and philosophy that got them to the point of how they're going to run their practice. This happened in a relatively short period of time for you. It did. When did you open up your own practice, and how did you decide to focus on what you're doing? Yeah. So uh, I opened my practice, Real Health MD, in 2019. And, you know, I think in the beginning, when you train in functional medicine, you kind of become a jack of all trades. I mean, you learn that you can help people with a lot of chronic issues. Um, but breast cancer was always my calling. It's always my space. And it remains my space. Um, and I'm so grateful that God gave me this purpose. Everything I have is from God. God gave me this purpose. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity 
to be a trusted guide for women on a breast cancer journey. And the impact that I am able to make as a functional oncologist, as an integrative oncologist, is so much greater than my work as a surgeon. That what that was an amazing time and an amazing privilege. And I did that for 20 years. But my work now, when I help a woman heal from breast cancer, I don't just help her. I help her spouse, her partner, her children, her parents, her friends, her community. Because once you get healthy and once you know what it feels like to truly be well, you can't keep that inside. That radiates from you. And that just grows. And so I I am so humbled by the role that I have been able to play in people's lives, in people's healing, in just allowing them the opportunity to live their best lives through through the lens of a or through the window of a tragedy. I mean, it's just it's the most amazing privilege. And I thank God every day that he put me here for this. Well, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's say we want to find out what you do for people. Yeah. Let's say you get a call from uh, somebody, a gal in Philadelphia who's just diagnosed with breast cancer, doesn't have mm-hmm. the, the full specs yet, but they're already pushing them, as you know, instantly into the chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, yeah. Uh, pathway. What would you do for them? Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I tell people is to slow down and take a breath. They, the, the conventional medical model scares you and tells you that you have to act immediately. Uh, they do that very intentionally. They don't want to give you a lot of time to think because they don't want you to consider other options. They want to sign you up and get you through. Cancer care is big business. And that is not to say that the providers don't care. They do. And that they're not doing their jobs well. They are. But their jobs are to operate and to give chemotherapy and to give radiation. And that's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to do that really well. The problem is that's not the that's not the solution for you. And with rare exception, the exceptions are an inflammatory breast cancer, or if someone has brain metastasis and it's a, like a, a space occupying issue where they're seizing or herniating or something along those lines, or you're in intractable pain from bone mets. Those are emergencies and those need intervention right away. But that is the absolute, absolute minority. And the vast majority of people have plenty of time to learn about the disease, to learn what it means, to learn what it is, and then to figure out what the best solution is for you. And what we all need to understand is Breast cancer, and all cancers for that matter, cancer is a normal response to an abnormal environment. Something is telling those cells that they are unsafe, that they have to go into survival mode. You know, we are all the same in that we are all about survival. 
And that is what procreation is about, survival of, of whatever um, organism, person, that, that's what procreation is about. It's about survival. And with cancer, something is making those cells feel unsafe. Now, to be clear, like people with breast cancer don't have a bad breast and those breast cells are not a foreign invader. Your cancer is a part of you. It's the part of you that doesn't feel safe. And certain organs are definitely more sensitive to environmental disturbances. Breast, breast, the breast cells happen to be one of the more sensitive cells. Thyroid cells also sensitive. And so the more sensitive cells, the more cancers we're going to see in those organs. But it has nothing to do with the breast necessarily, right? It's not the environment of the breast. It's the entire environment that has undergone a shift. And so what I help people to do is identify what was that shift? Is it trauma? Is it stress? Is it mold? Is it viruses? Um, you know, have you had a chronic illness? Um, are there food sensitivities? Are you not eating in the right way for you? Are you not exercising enough, not moving enough? Being sedentary is very dangerous. Are you moving too much? Over-exercising causes a lot of inflammation. But with, with a chronic disease, there is going to be a common denominator, maybe more than one. But something is driving inflammation. Something is changing the chemistry. And cancer is just responding to that chemical shift. So helping people understand the systemic issue underneath mm -hmm. uh, the cancer, which is just the tip of the iceberg of that person's mm -hmm. health issue, yeah. um, is the key, is getting to some deeper causes for you. Um, so you do some different labs, I take it? I do. Um, so I run both general labs because um, the ranges that we as conventional medical doctors accept are huge. And that's because conventional medical doctors don't really know how to optimize your health. And so they don't know optimal levels. They only know, they only understand failure. But, you know, if you have diabetes, you don't go from being not diabetic one day to diabetic the next, right? There is an entire range that usually takes about 10 years to become diabetic. And so in that time, all along the way are opportunities to correct. So I order general labs, but I look at them for, through a functional lens. So let's take your white blood cell count, for instance. I think like the acceptable range on um, LabCorp or Quest would be uh, 3,500 to 10,000, let's say. But I know that someone who's walking around with a white blood cell count of 3,500 is immunocompromised, right? And cancer is a balance between your body, your exposures, and your immune system. So if your immune system is exhausted because it's been working around the clock, because it's challenged somewhere else, 
like you have digestive issues or you're exercising too much or you're being exposed to mold or parasites or um, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, glyphosate, whatever it is, if something's taking out your immune system, it can't do the surveillance that it needs to do. And in our body, we are constantly reproducing ourselves and we're going to make mistakes, right? We are going to make reproduction mistakes. Those mistakes are actually cancer cells and an intact immune system will be able to recognize those cancer cells in their infancy and destroy them. But if you are immunocompromised because you have gluten sensitivity and you don't know it, and you're eating bread every day, that immune system is not going to be able to do its job somewhere else. And so this is what's happening all day, every day. So I look at a CBC, a complete blood count, through a completely different lens. And when I see a white blood cell count of 3.5 or 4 or 4.5, I know that this person has an immune challenge and I have to figure out what that immune challenge is. Another example is thyroid health. So There are lots of cities that have fluoride in the water. Uh, Most people are still using fluoride toothpaste. Fluoride will replace iodine in um, thyroid hormone. And so you can have normal levels of thyroid hormone and have a lot of thyroid dysfunction because your iodine has been replaced with fluoride. If you have thyroid dysfunction, you are three to four times more likely to get breast cancer than if you don't. So lots of people are walking around with hypothyroidism. They're not adequately treated or they're improperly treated and their labs are normal because their physician doesn't know how to read it or doesn't know that they could be walking around with um, thyroid hormone that has fluoride instead of iodine. And These people are then just going on to the next manifestation. You know, unfortunately, I only get to see them once they've developed the disease. Yeah. So I definitely order labs just like your primary would, but I look at them through a different lens. And then I order functional labs. I'm looking at gut health and I'm doing microbiome testing. I'm looking at metabolic health and doing testing of your mitochondria to see how healthy your mitochondria are since cancer is mitochondrial dysfunction and the mitochondria are the energy generating units of the cells. And we need to make sure that they are functioning properly. And there are lots of things in our environment that will interfere with that. I'm looking at hormone balance. I'm looking at um, what are your hormone levels how, not only how are you making them, but how are you clearing them? Do you have enough hormone? Um, because the vast majority of the breast cancers that we see are in the postmenopausal population. So we're not talking about hormone overload causing cancer, but instead it's the withdrawal of the hormones that have that have the greatest negative effect. And that's when we are developing breast cancers. And then I'm looking at your DNA. I'm doing gene testing to see how we can best nurture your nature because we all have a gene code and 
this doesn't mean that we are destined to be something because your genotype isn't always your phenotype. So what your genes say isn't always how you look, but there are ways to support your genes to get you optimal health. And so I'm looking at all of these things and I'm creating a life plan for people so that they can have the health that they deserve to have. And most of them, most of my patients have better health after their breast cancer diagnosis and after working with me than they ever had their whole lives before. And for the first time, they know what it feels like to be healthy. Well, it sounds like you're taking a you know, a big picture approach in the war in a world where the practice of medicine has become more and more tuned in to, oh, you have a UTI, go to the urinary tract specialist. Yeah. Oh, you have stomach ache, we yeah. need to get you to a gastrointestinal. Uh, and, and and you can't really treat the body that way because our systems aren't separated from one another. Right. They, right. they are, you know totally intact in that they all have to work together so uh, you know you know that i love your approach and that's why we're talking and why i think this is the only way to really help a person is to look at the whole person um how can people get in contact with you so my website is real health md uh and then you can follow me on social media i'm dr jen simmons and my Jen has two ends. I have a Facebook group that people are welcome to join called Keeping Abreast with Dr. Jen. And my podcast launched last month, also called Keeping Abreast with Dr. Jen. And you can get that anywhere that you get your podcasts. And super exciting that my book is coming out in a couple of weeks called The Smart Person's Guide to Breast Cancer. And so that will be available to everyone. Well, it's so exciting to see what you're doing. I am just um, anxiously waiting for your book and um, can't wait to read that. And I just applaud everything you're doing. We're going to try to push people to your information. I just think that the more educated a person is, the more wisdom you have at your disposal to make better decisions. That is for sure true. When you know better, you do better. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Jen. I appreciate you being on and we'll have you on again, I hope. My pleasure. So happy to be here. All right. Bye-bye.